On this episode of AB Week, we take a look at supply chain as well as the forecast for the third and fourth quarter in the AB market. Sure and clear one are added again over uh, patents and Kramer Electronics has new owners. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 495, recorded Friday, February 12th, 2021. Continuity. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED. Innovative audio solutions for every business environment. And by FSR. And by Draper. Focused on innovative solutions. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information and the most exciting 30 minutes of my entire week. Because uh, I'm really excited about uh, having these three people on. First and foremost, the creator of BAM, Brandy Alvarado. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you so much. Real quickly, tell people what BAM is and, and where they can find you. Well, BAM Marketing and PR Agency is a company I just barely started, and it is a consultant uh, marketing services company. So if anybody needs help with their website, social media, content creation, and anything marketing related or press related, hit me up. You can find me at uh, BAMMarketingPR.com or on um, social media at BAMMarketingPR1. All right, very good. I know that I'm doing this different or backwards, but I was excited because, first of all, her 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 logo is really sweet. So, uh, and we'll do it again at the end. Also, has his own company. Actually, all three of these folks do. So, I'm excited about that. Brock McGinnis, uh, how are you, sir? Uh, very well, and glad to be here. All right, very good. Uh, well, actually, I'm glad I'm glad to be in my background, Tim. I was going to say, Brock is up in Toronto, which of the four of us, he is only the only colder than me. Uh, he, he cannot, I, I can't beat California, uh, even Northern California, which is my, where my uncle Richie is. Rich Fragoza from Fragoza Design. Welcome, sir. Speaking of which, yeah, Mellow West Coast greetings. I, I have to say, I do not envy uh, your guys' weather right now. And the best thing about Brock is being the most interesting man in Canada. He can be a man of few words and we all just listen in rapt attention. So uh, I'm it's glad just, to be here. I'm glad to, glad to be on the uh, commercial show. It's, uh, it's been more than a minute. So It has been. It has been We've tried a couple of times, but he is a very busy man uh, these days. So uh, first story comes to us actually from our website. Uh, a, uh, the uh, Kramer Electronics uh, has got sort of new owners. Fortissimo Capital Fund has acquired a controlling stake in the uh, electronics manufacturer from the website. Um, Fortissimo uh, acquired a majority interest in Kramer Electronics. Michael and Ben Zion uh, Hochstein. Two of the company's founders, they retain their interests while Dr. Joseph Kramer uh, is retiring from the company. This is an interesting development um, that's been kind of in the works for, for the past year or so, not necessarily from Fortissimo, but just in general. Dr. Kramer has been kind of uh, laying some things down and laying some, some um, um, responsibilities down. They got a new CEO about a year or so ago. So this isn't exactly, I'm not going to say it was telegraphed, but, but you know, it's certainly Dr. Kramer retiring uh, was, was kind of known. Um, Brock, we'll start with you on this. When it comes to the overarching, not just legacy of Dr. Kramer, but, but from uh, Kramer's global uh, footprint and the impact this is going to have, what, what does this mean for the industry uh, and for Kramer uh, from a worldwide perspective? 
this is continuity, which is uh, which is fantastic. So the the part of the story uh, I was most interested in was that the Hochsteins stayed on, um, and the Hochsteins have been the kind of the business mind, and as I understand it, a good chunk of the financial uh, wherewithal behind the Kramer Empire uh, for a long time. And I had the uh, the pleasure of uh, meeting with Michael Hochstein uh, in my offices uh, a number of years ago. Um, these are not passive investors. These are very, very smart uh, gentlemen, uh, very engaged with the growth of the company. And the fact that they found a, um, a private equity firm um, that uh, you know would pay Dr. Kramer and his family uh, out of their shares and carry on the, the business is great. It's, uh, it's a good indication of, if not the present, then the future health of our industry. Oh, very good point. Uh, Brandy, when it comes to, you know, uh, succession plans and, and you know, uh, any sort of change when it comes to, you know, um, main businesses, you know, leadership at the top, there can be uh, the tendency for uncertainty. Uh, how do we, how do we as a, or how does Kramer, not we, uh, how does Kramer kind of navigate those waters, I would say probably in the next, in the next year or so to make sure to, you know, assuage any any um, any uncertainty uh, or any nervousness both here in the states but also you know globally yeah that's always a good one I've been through a couple of mergers and acquisitions and I always think it's you know the best thing you can do to your employees and to you know your customers and, and constituents if you will is communicate you know tell us what's going on tell us why you know Fortissimo is a great company and how it's going to enrich Kramer and and whatnot you know, in reading up on this, I think, you know, Fortissimo has like a $1.6 billion portfolio, 50 tech and agri-tech type companies. So it can only be a great way to fortify, you know, the Kramer um, brand even more. But for me, you know, what, um, like I said, I've been through companies sort of perpetuating leaders. And, and I think what's a, the best advice for me, at least, is just communication. Let people know what's going on and what to expect. And, um, I think that's that's the best uh, recipe. All right, Richie, let's take a look at this from a, a technology and a, and a product standpoint. Mr. Dr. Kramer uh, was had been at the head for the last forty some odd years. He is stepping down, so uh, ostensibly you're losing kind of a, a mind share there. You're losing a knowledge, a well of knowledge. Uh, his two of his sons, at least, do still work there. Um, Yuval, uh, who who I know kind of well at, at doing interviews and stuff like that, uh, Yuval is, is an old rock and roll guy. Uh, first of all, he's not old, and he has to stop playing rock and roll. But that he is kind of the 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 brains behind a lot of the audio products. When it comes to a, a roadmap and when it comes to laying out new products coming forward, Dr. Kramer is gone. So how do they, you know, how do they kind of fill that void uh, as well as you know create create a a runway uh, for products moving forward. Well, I mean, you have to kind of consider that, uh, you know, succession is going to be part of any longstanding manufacturer's roadmap, hopefully. Uh, you know, I mean, I was 11 when Dr. Kramer started the company, uh, you know, from a context standpoint, right? Uh, and there are companies, typically when the name is, you know, on the shingle, that uh, you have to consider the cult of personality. You have to consider the visionary behind it. And you've seen the coin toss go either way. You've seen, uh, you know, Dr. Felstein's an example, Crestron carried on the mantle. He 
was absolutely the visionary who created an iconic manufacturer. Uh, and that's one side of a succession plan and having the right people in place and encouraging the right people. Um, to continue the vision. You also have the flip side where, you know, a company that was near and dear to my heart that really is no longer out in, in name anymore called Runco. Um, Sam Runco was the driving force behind uh, Runco projectors. He was that visionary. And that transition when Planar acquired them, um, that wasn't as necessarily as fully executed. Um, you know, again, my feeling is, for the companies that started it, for the people who started it, good for them. You know, they, they put a lot into those companies and are unheralded. You know, we talk about the successes, um, but we don't always consider the sacrifices that we're mm. getting to that point. And so the first thing for me is, you know, congratulations on, on a job well done. I mean, you made a mark. Uh, the next part is you hope that the, the corporate culture has identified um, the people and promotes it. And so I, I think with a company like Kramer, I think they're on the right path. Uh, I think that especially now, and we will no longer use the word unprecedented, but in unprecedented times, um, we're going to see that where they're moving from a technology standpoint and a product standpoint, we're going to, we're going to see, a, you know, it's going to be pretty healthy for them. I think they're going to have the ability to, um, there's going to be a time period where, Innovation is going to be required, but right now they can focus on keeping consistency while innovation starts to rise up underneath. All right, very good. Uh, next story comes to us from our friends over at AV Network and SCN. Uh, one word of warning this is about patent law, uh, but it's also about Sure versus Clear One. So it's kind of boring, but it's still kind of exciting. You know, it, it's Sure and and Clear One snipping at each other. And sure is a sponsor of Aviation, but still, sure and, and Clear One snipping at each other. So is Kramer. I, I, had to, I forgot to do that on the, on the start of the last story. Um, um, Brandy, I want to start with you on this, but real quickly, just to get to give you guys a sense of overarching, the patent they're talking about specifically is the design patent, not the technology patent. So let's get that out of the way first. This is the look of the product. We're talking about ceiling microphones. Again, not exactly, you know, um, burning down the house here with excitement. However, Sure tried to uh, file a motion uh, for a temporary restraining order to stop the sale of Clear One's BMA CTH products. The judge in the um, in the matter uh, said that he did not um, request the preliminary injunction in part because it found that Clear One's quote unquote lackluster sales do not support a claim that Sure will be substantially and immediately harmed absent a preliminary injunction. Both companies uh, were, uh, gave a, a statement on the on the matter. Clear One says, "Yay, it's it's good for us." Sure says that you know instead of competing fairly, Clear One just decided to copy our our design. Brandy, that may have been the the most backhanded compliment to a company that I've seen from a judge because you suck at selling it or because your product can't sell, right. we're not going to enforce the injunction on the other guy over there. I, I very rarely do I pick up this story anymore. And I, I picked it up honestly because of the design part, not the technology part. Um, right. Because there, there's about once a month, these two kind of go at each other and there's, there's something on right. Walk me through this, and 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 I guess give each of them a piece of advice from you, from and and from Brock and 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 Rich. Oh man, what do they need to do to get beyond this? 
right? What what g- g- help them settle this uh, and and stop flooding my emails with, you know, this injunction and that injunction. Right. What a battle. I mean, we're all watching this going. Who who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna prevail? Unfortunately, and you know, Brock, Rich, you guys might have to sort of back me up on this one. I think what it's gonna take is a ton of and that's a technical term a ton of legal fees to uh to settle this one unfortunately you know um i think you know we've seen this kind of thing blow out before in other you know in other industries and and certainly we're not you know immune to this as the av industry but i just think it's going to be a very litigious and uh, expensive um case more than anything advice i don't know (laughs) don't know if I have any great advice on this one, you know, get some good lawyers, right? Or uh, I don't know, to be quite honest with you, I'm not really even sure what I would advise at this point. You know, they're both slinging a lot of mud and, um, you know, let's see who wins the arm wrestling match at this one. I, I really, I don't know how to gauge this one at all either. All right, Richie, this is a design job, right? This is not, this is not technology. It, it's not the techno underlying technology, right? Um, so I guess help me or help dealers or help end users kind of sift through all this. And yeah, same thing, you know, give sure and, and clear one some advice here um, to let the industry move on and, and, you know, choose, let them choose their own path. You know, honestly, I think right now they both companies realize that with everything changing, um, they're feeling that they're going to, um, battle for 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 every mountaintop that they can right now uh there's a whole lot of uncertainty so and the reality is as much as we'd love to think that we're educating clients or the end users on the technological reasons for why this is going to be a better microphone and the design and everything else it's going to come down to how it looks you're either going to be dealing with an interior design firm, with a consultant, uh, you know, just the brand, you know, and again, in an executive boardroom, every detail's planned out. Uh, and so that's a big decision at that point. And so if you've got something that performs well and looks good, uh, that's really what they're battling for, you know, which is, I think, why they're not as concerned about the technological side, because they know that, you know, the, 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 they're eating with their eyes, right? And that's where that first battlefield is going to be. Uh, and yeah, it's it, just like Brandy said, it, it, you know, it's it, the people who are going to benefit the most out of this are going to be the attorneys. Um, and they have to decide, you know, how much they want to dig their heels in on this one. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, given how the court process is going right now that they aren't ordered to mediation at some point, because uh, that's where things keep moving towards. I mean, you could be as litigious as you want. That judge is pulling no punches. <laughs> you know no. I mean? To read that, ooh, you do not want to be on the receiving end of a, a statement like that. And, and, and even then, I think that's what the judge was telegraphing um, in no uncertain terms, which was pursue this all you want. However, uh, you know, there's always the saying that, uh, you know, being in court is not about justice. It's about the law. And those two aren't necessarily mutually inclusive. And so uh, for me, the way that I interpreted it was it was the judge's way of saying you can spend a whole lot of money or you two kids can 
can shake hands and figure it out between yourselves because right now he, he I, I felt that there was a telegraph a bit. I mean, you don't use words like that unless it continues in that court where that decision is going to go. You know, this is not something that goes to a, sorry, that goes to a jury trial. This is something that's going to be divided, decided by, by this judge that's presiding over it. And so I think pretty much, you know, here's the thing though, sure. In sure statement, they made reference to a jury trial. So something's got to be in the work somewhere. Right. I mean, cause that's, that, that's what, uh, I don't know the, the thing with this injunction and they went before the court to get them and to stop selling, right. The clear one product, I guess, until, not I guess, until the jury trial happens. And so that's, you know, unless the jury is, is split, somebody somewhere is going to, you know, um, come out a victor in this in some way, shape or form. I would consider the calendar. April of 2019, it was filed. Yeah. February of 21, they got a response. That gives you an idea of just where in the doc, you know, again, I mean, now you're dealing with something that isn't even technology related, right? This is just logistics. If you're 24 months out just to get a ruling on a preliminary injunction and you're saying you want to go to jury trial, you know, hell com- you know, hello, 2025, you know, and at that point, how much are you willing to bleed? And at that point, you may be making a new product. So, you know, I, I'm not a manufacturer. I've never been in manufacturing. Um, but logistically speaking, and kind of reading the tea leaves in front of you, there's got to be a certain point where it's like, you know, are you making a stand? Uh, you know, or are you making a business decision? Uh, Mr. Fergoza actually just led me where I was going anyway. By the time this goes to jury trial, and, and just for the record, to remind folks, Brock is the head of Avitas, AV as a service, and the AV in that also implies IT. Yes, Frank Patakala, it implies IT. These products are both IT products. By the time 2025, and, and Richie's probably dead on there, he might even be a little bit shy. Uh, they may be, very well be making different things, right? And then they'll start the whole process over again. I'm being somewhat sarcastic. I hope to God not. Is this just both of them, Don Quixote's tilting their own windmills and, and I, or spending you know, lawyer money just until they get on to the next technologically advanced thing? Or are they both really in this to win this? Uh, I think Clear One is in it to win it. Uh, I think it's the only thing they got going for them. Um, the, uh, you know, they, they uh, pursue a lot of patent action. Um, it, uh, their commercial success um, has not been spectacular uh, from everything that uh, <clears throat> we've been able to see from the market. I think you've, you'll find that most um, kind of core AV integration and design people will, <clears throat> will gravitate uh, towards the sure product or the, you know, the sure people um, than towards, uh, than towards clear one. It sure kept clear one in the news and given them an awful lot of attention. And I sympathize with them because they were the first to market. They did have that first beam forming ceiling mic. Sure is the one that came out with the form factor that we liked even better. Um, sure now has, you know, a couple of other form factors that uh, 710 or 701 product uh, is really interesting. But Sennheiser's got a great product. And this uh, recently they've um, introduced voice lift, which has always been something that was very, very difficult, if not impossible to achieve with other beam steering ceiling mics. 
Yamaha has recently introduced a new product. Um, I've seen a number of implementations of Biamps, uh, ceiling mic, Parlay ceiling mics, um, and they're fantastic, uh, like really, really good. Um, I've been watching uh, Logitech's um, uh, webcasts over the past couple of weeks as they introduce their new Rally product. Uh, their beam tracking is fantastic, and I understand they have a, a ceiling form factor on the way as well. Uh, this was once very special for Clear One. Uh, the market is going to be uh, flooded. Henry Ford did not have a patent on automobiles. And all of a sudden, he had an awful lot of competition because everybody wanted a car. Well, everyone wants the ceiling market. Um, and I couldn't care who less makes, uh, like, who makes it. I don't care about the lawyers. Um, Rich, I got to say that for a guy who isn't a lawyer, you uh, play one on TV way better than anyone I've ever heard. I, I mean, you got to give Josh Schrago some lessons about, you know, walking through the case. Um, <laughs> Now, and, just 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 so you know, and I know this because I know Richie and I are dear friends. His mom is a lawyer, though, so he he has some slight advantage there. There, there is there is some truth to that statement. I've uh, unfortunately been uh, privy to how the process works. You know, again, it's it when you're making the sausage, uh, you know, it's not pretty, and there's some lessons to be learned along the way. And so, and by the way, congratulations to Mister Shrego, who just got his. Uh, his JD. His JD. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So no, it's uh, I, I once stayed at a Holiday Inn. So thanks, Brock. So <laughs> <laughs> oh well, and good luck to Mr. Schrago as he studies for the California version of the bar, which I've heard is one of the worst. So uh, I, I don't know that for a fact because I'm not a lawyer and I don't ever want to be one. Uh, last story comes to us from our friends over at Commercial Integrator. Um, AV hardware suppliers are kind of trying to scale up to meet post-pandemic post surge. Uh, what's happening is you've got a couple of things going on. First of all, uh, we're hearing this from integrators as well as a number of distributors. Folks are ramping up for the fall, for the third quarter. First quarter, second quarter is still going to be kind of rocky, uh, but you're looking at a surge in the third quarter, both from uh, renovations as well as new construction, uh, higher education, house of worship, corporate, and government are all looking to spend money in the third and fourth quarter. Dealers are busy. Manufacturers are busy. Um, distributors are busy. But you've also got a number of factors going on, including the supply chain. Uh, the, the article from Commercial Integrator uh, quotes Avacor um, uh, had uh, Corey talking about the fact that a number of their, uh, not their shipment, but a number of shipments from some AV manufacturers are basically sitting in port on the boats uh, waiting to come in. And that's just because uh, that's a logistics issue because not only were some of the ports shut down because of COVID, but now those workers are coming back. Well, it takes a minute to unload a boat, just for the record. Um, and it takes a minute for the, the ships to get here from wherever uh, they're coming. So there's going to be a slight lull in, in that. So some manufacturers are starting to ship stuff now from wherever in the world uh, they come. Richie, when you're looking at the rest of the year, you look at you know what you and, and your, um, your compatriots and the folks you're talking to, are they looking at a surge come the third or fourth quarter? Is that is that a real thing? Or is this kind of like a year ago uh, where they said that, you know, oh, the pandemic is gonna, only going to last six months and by the end of 2020, we'll be back to work. We'll be fine. Uh, I think a little bit more realism is set in. Uh, I, I believe that integrators are looking at multiple scenarios where before 
Um, they just kind of viewed it as this is just a minor blip. We'll deal with this six months from now. We're going to be back to normal. Cue new normal, right? <laughs> right. Okay, that's uh, the second time you've made me drink today, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. You said great pivot and you said new normal. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm going to pull them all out. Uh, perfect example. Uh, last week, maybe even as early as Monday, um, one of the largest employers in San Francisco, Salesforce, announced that they're going to uh, work from home for a majority of their workforce. Permanently? Permanently. 11,000 employees. Okay, um, pause for a second because, I, I, again, Richie and I are friends. Richie was, happened to do some work in that fantastic new building that Salesforce just built. Yep. So they're putting those people at work from home. Their staff, um, a lot of Salesforce Tower is leasing out, is, is leased out to other companies. Uh, three of the major employers in the Bay Area just announced this week. Um, who is it? Uh, I want to say Pinterest or one of the other ones just announced that they broke their lease. It was an $86 million contract. And they said, we're out. Uh, so this is, you know, and again, we're talking in major metropolitan areas. So you're talking San Francisco, you're talking Austin, you're talking the Carolinas, you're talking New York, you're talking greater Boston. You're talking about all of these areas and especially our industry and tech. So I'm going to set education and government to the side. Yeah. There, you know, again, cares coming through. There's, there's going to be a whole different, and that, that's, that's the thing is that it is such a shifting mound of sand right now. Right. Some industries are going to be affected depending on what your focus is. Other ones are going to see huge jumps. And I think what's happening with these integrators and consultants also, because keep in mind, you've got consultants who are on the side who are going to be looking at their timelines out, product lines and everything else and saying, okay, when do we expect people to come back to work, if at all? Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's got me shaking my head I, I, and scratch my head because I'm, I'm not sure. I think that coming up on a year, we are a little bit more uh, in tune with <laughs> you, you have to be flexible right now. Um, but there's manufacturing issues, you know, and again, it's it, ask anybody who's trying to get product. That's just, you know, that's supply and demand. I mean, when you don't have people, you can't build things. And when you don't have people, you can't ship things. And when you don't have people, you can't put in things. Uh, so, you know, Q3, does, you know, would that be the earliest? I view that as the earliest okay. um, in terms of, of ramp up ability. And, you know, again, Brock and Brandy probably have, you know, their, their fingers on the pulse a little bit better than I do. But this is just from kind of what I'm seeing in, in, in our metro area, how the people who are buying these products are reacting in terms of how they're dealing with their workforce. Yeah. And then just, just for clarity, because clarity, I have to think about this. So um, Q3 is July, kids, right? Q4 is October, uh, which is when Infocom has now been moved. NAB is, is, is in October. Brock, what are you hearing? Are you hearing a, a surge of, of activity come the last part of the year? Um, I'm hearing a hope for a surge of activity in the okay. last part of the year. And I think we've all been pushing this out um, you know, the corporate world, uh, those that are returning to offices, uh, uh, are not able to forecast closer than maybe 16 weeks. Um, and 16 weeks from now, people aren't going back to work. And so we're going to touch base again around Memorial Day. And then, you know, will people go back to work in the fall? And I think that's everybody's kind of natural hope is that uh, by the time that the school year 
the 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 uh, traditional school year. I won't say normal, so you don't have to drink again. Appreciate uh, that. Because I know that every time you do that, you have to start this program over, um, and and like this day one groundhog uh, groundhog day is tough for you, Tim. So I won't say normal, um, but the traditional uh, school year start, the traditional business year, um, and uh, and up until then, uh, the the ramp up is slow, uh, and uh, and we're all waiting patiently. All right, Brandy, we'll wrap up with you. When you're talking with your integrator friends, your manufacturer friends, what are you hearing for the rest of the year? I'm hearing a lot of stuff. I was on a tech managers forum panel not too long ago and sort of the overreaching theme among a lot of these tech managers and granted these were all higher education universities and colleges yep. and what have you were that, you know, they were kind of at a stop, you know, and now it is full gas and projects are ramping up and things are now, you know, um, full speed ahead uh, where they had been, you know, put off until perhaps the fall for, you know, another semester. But an overreaching theme that, that they were citing was that they were having a hell of a time finding certain products that they had been, you know, using for classroom models. Um, and, and finding alternatives or substitutes was even more difficult, you know? And so this whole supply of the chain logistics uh, conundrum is, is really affecting a lot of those folks and a lot of those projects. And um, I remember specifically one of the gals mentioned that, you know, they, they all of a sudden are, you know, full speed ahead on a very big auditorium project that they were working on. And couldn't find the right equipment to save their lives. And so they were using some sort of like B stock of something or other, and, you know, just not apples to apples, you know, you're getting a far worse experience, unfortunately, because of these alternatives that they're having to go, you know, to, to go through to, to fulfill a project. And I think, you know, Brock will probably, you know, shake his head on this one. That just, that just blows a lot of things out of the water. Well, Brock is, uh, Brock is smiling because I'm thinking that Clear One probably has stock. <laughs> In that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Smarty pants. I love it. Yeah. So, like I said, this, this panel that I was on, really the overreaching thing was just trying to get, you know, uh, substitutes and trying to ramp up projects very quickly to fulfill this new sort of hybridized, uh, you know, distance learning model that a lot of the, uh, the universities and higher education facilities are, are working towards now. All right, very good. That'll be a good place to stop. Thank you all so very much for joining us. Uh, Mr. Rob McGinnis from Avitas. Thank you, sir. Uh, how do people get a hold of you or Avitas? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Brock McGinnis and, uh, uh, I'm Brock at Avitas, uh, that's A-V-I-T-A-A-S.com. Um, love to hear from you. All right, very good. You will not be seeing Mr. McInnes, uh, at least in the States, for, for, a, for a minute because his country doesn't want us and we don't want him. So, you know, no, his, no, his, uh, his country does, yeah. His country doesn't want us and we don't, yeah. He's Canadian. It was a bad joke. Brandy, <laughs> how do people find you or BAM? And congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you so much. You can find me on Twitter at AB Brandy and or um, you can email me at brandy at bammarketingpr.com. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Mr. Fergoza, thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. See, when, uh, when you ask what time 
Brock tells you, I tell you how to build a clock. So exactly. he says in four words. <laughs> this is accurate. It gets the whole point across. <laughs> but I eventually find out the time. I mean, don't, 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 you know, don't undersell yourself. Uh, no, thanks for having me on. It's, it's, it's great to be here. And I mean, I, I, I learn, uh, I think more than anything else when I'm here. So thank you to Brandy and Brock for, for that. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Fragosa. You can find the company Fragosa Design. But first and foremost, I would love for you to find me here on avnation.tv and our suite of shows here with you, with my good friend, Matt Scott on Resi Week, and also with uh, my, our show uh, hosted by my good friend, Steve Greenblack, Estate of Control. Uh, we talk about the automation industry and the control systems programming side of things. Uh, and I'd love for you to find me here and uh, supporting uh, our sponsors. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, avionation.tv. That's avionation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Richie m- mentioned two, uh, two other great ones. Uh, Resi Week looks at the residential side of the AV industry on a weekly basis. State of Control focuses on control and automation. Uh, a couple things that we're doing kind of special uh, the next couple of months. The month of, of February, we are highlighting uh, Black History Month and the, the Black experience in the AV industry. You can check that out, out under our, our special section. And yeah, to say that I've learned an awful lot in the last three weeks would be an understatement. Um, some fantastic conversations, some fantastic uh, stories. Um, I'm not going to say fantastic interviews because I'm the one doing them, but just the, the people on the other side are just just great, great stories. Uh, and so we're also doing the same thing for International Women's Day uh, in March. Uh, one of those is Brandy. Uh, so, uh, but also a ton of really great women uh, are coming alongside. Uh, the first one I got to do was Corey Schaefer, who just the world think the world of. Um, and, and you can check those out also under our special section. Uh, also check out our sponsors. Uh, these are the folks who help us financially. Kramer and Sure are two of those. You can check those out on the website as well. All that and more at avionation.tv. It's avionation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week.